0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Holy Week Revival Podcast. This week we are excited to welcome special guest speakers, Bishop Steve Fender from Living Way Church in San Antonio, Texas, guest preacher Jabin Chavez from Free Chapel in Irvine, California, Pastor Jonathan Moore from North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas, and our very own lead pastor Rex Johnson. Let's stick around until after the message for a very special announcement from worship pastor Randy Davenport. And now with his sermon entitled, Resurrected Grace, lead Pastor Rex Johnson. Happy Easter, folks. I love this time of the year. The blue bonnets are blooming. Many of you will go to a blue bonnet place and you'll take pictures after today. But the allergies are abounding too. So take you some Claritin. A rose called Sharon is being talked about because it's blooming today. The lily of the valley is mentioned in the Word of God. And then there's a bright morning star. It's part of all we speak. And from the valley to the mountainside to the sky. God's creation is viewed so differently in these times. Grace, grace, unmerited favor is on the lips of any pastor of merit, and that is so great. There's a warmth in the house of God. It's an unusual warmth. It's been a special warmth this Holy Week Revival. The prevailing presence of Christ radiates in everything that we do, and it's here right now. What I love, more than anything, is that a living Christ is being preached today all around the world. Amen. Amen. John said the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. May I turn that phrase around and say I love true grace. I like to say it because it almost sounds like True Grit, my favorite Western movie with John Wayne, but it's true grace. I love to preach it. I love to feel it. I love to see it on display. Jesus Christ was grace and truth embodied. He was walking love. He was a picture folks of how an invisible God, if incarnated, would handle men and women's lives from the deliverance of the demoniac of Gadara. See, he was the first man that walked on Gadara's shore that didn't have a whip or a chain in his hand. He didn't come to beat him. He didn't come to bind him. He come to set him free. That's how an invisible God would want his son to act on this earth. To a woman arrested in the very act of adultery. and Brought before him and thrown at his feet. And they said the law of Moses said we should stone her. But what do you say? He stooped down and started writing on the ground. And when he wrote, the oldest to the youngest began to walk away. He looked around and he said, woman, where are thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. People that are judgmental have a hard time with that. You need to carry a rock in your pocket. Amen. You need to carry a rock in your pocket just to feel of it every now and then to let yourself know that you could have been stoned yourself one day, but because of his grace, you're here. (laughs) To the healing of the lepers, to the blind man born, To Bartimaeus, to the lame, the deaf, and the mute. Jesus was God's flesh representation on earth. We've studied the cross all the month of March. We've studied 21 revelations of it and the prophecy and purpose of Passover. But today, today is Resurrection Sunday. Today is the church's Super Bowl. Today is when we celebrate. I would like somebody that loves what's happening today in our world to clap your hands right now big. An empty tomb is in Jerusalem. An empty tomb is there. There are a litany of things that I want to express on this Get Out of the Tomb Alive and Well on Sunday. In fact, today, I'm starting a series. It's called Resurrection Month. We're gonna resurrect some things. We're going to bring some things back to life in our life. Amen? Amen. If Jesus got up, we can get up. He got up so we can get up. The first thing I see on resurrection day, I want, to, I want to talk about five things I see on that day. Number one, who was first at the tomb? It was women. hate to tell you, men, but women are more sensitive to the spirit than we are. They have ESP, we have ESPN. And you know it's true. Us men will go through life. We're logical about it. But women have this super sharp sensitivity. My wife is one of the greatest women to bottom line something. While I'm still trying to figure out, she said, here's your answer. Oh, thanks, ma'am. Thanks. If Pilate would have listened to his wife, maybe he wouldn't have been the one that sent the Lord to the cross. But women, we admire you today. We celebrate you today. There was a a little old smart-electric preacher one time. Had decided he's going to get on women, you know, one day. He was a little chauvinist, and he was going to get on women one day. So he got up, and he got to preaching, you know, that women's all the reason that there's a fall of man, Eve, you know, in the garden, and blah, 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 and Jezebel. And he just preached all the women that were bad in the Bible, and he preached it. And a little old woman sitting out there heard all she could hear. About 85 years old, she walked up. She kind of grabbed him by the ear. She said, let me talk to you, preacher. Do you know the number, the phone number of the Garden of Eden? He said, ma'am, there wasn't phones back there. He said, oh, yes, there was. There were phones back there. Let me tell you the phone number. Get your pen out and write this down. She said, and she said, it is A-D-A-M. Put those letters in, okay? And then put these numbers in, 812. Adam 812. (laughs) Don't you tell me that Eve was the only one that ate the bad fruit. (laughs) I love that little woman. Matthew mentions two women came to the tomb that day. Mark mentions three women. Luke mentions at least five. Luke was a physician. I'm more inclined to believe him. John says one woman. I really do believe John. One thing they all agreed on, that one woman was there in all four gospels. Her name was Mary Magdalene. She was there. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, every synoptic gospel mentions Mary. I find it interesting, folks, that the first person Jesus appeared to on the first Easter morning was a woman, or was women, and particularly one named Mary Magdalene. It looks like to me, now I'm just being logical, okay? It looks like to me that perhaps one of his disciples should have been there first. Perhaps some Sanhedrin man should have been there. Perhaps Caiaphas who was one that sent him away, the high priest that had to decide on what to do with the lamb. Maybe he should have been there. Somebody who could have been someone that everybody would believe. But you know who showed up? Who showed up was Mary, whose last name was Magdalene. And first of all, in those days, a woman's testimony was not nearly considered what a man's was. It was very inferior to a man's testimony. But then, not only was Mary Magdalene a woman, but she was from a town with a bad reputation. She was from a town called Magdala. In fact, she was the poster child of Magdala. She was Mary Magdalene. She had the poster on her. It was a town so steeped, so steeped in sin and wild living that the rabbis attributed its fall, uh, its fall to licentiousness, Because it was a Roman military town. And where Roman military men hang out, that's where women of the night would hang out. And Mary was the leader of the hangout group that was chasing the military men and trying to find somebody to love them. Why would Jesus first meet with a woman from a town with a bad reputation who was a prostitute in her past? But finally, she also was possessed by seven devils. Folks, this woman had problems. She had problems. Luke chapter 8 says, Mary called Magdalene out of whom he cast seven devils. These were the people that was at the tomb. Whether it was mental or moral, she still had seven devils. But I'm here to declare something to you. I'm talking about resurrection grace, not resurrection judgment. I'm talking about resurrection grace, not resurrection oh God, we got to deal with this again. I'm talking about the grace of God. So why a woman from a bad reputation with seven devils? Who would believe her? And yet, The first person who met Christ after his resurrection was Mary Magdalene. Maybe the Lord was speaking something. Pastor, where's the hook? Here's the hook. Maybe the Lord was speaking to all of us here today about that woman with a bad route from a bad place to teach us that everybody in this house, nobody's excluded. Everybody has walked in paths that we're not happy about. But everybody in this house needs some resurrection grace in your life today. Not just the person next to you, not the man beside you, not the person in the back row, but everybody needs the grace of God in your life today. Can I get a witness from that right now? It was this woman, it was this woman who slipped into an all-men's meeting one time back in the book of Luke. She had an alabaster box. Jesus was sitting with Simon, the former leper, now he was called Simon the Pharisee. Jesus had healed him of leprosy. And they were sitting there and it's an all men's group and they're talking and they're eating. And this woman, just a woman of the night walks in and she comes in with this alabaster box that it took probably a whole year's wages to, to produce and to buy all the perfume that she had in that alabaster box. In fact, one of them said, why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? But she comes around where Jesus is and she weeps on his feet. She cries and washes his feet with her tears. That's a lot of crying, folks. And she dries his feet with her hair. And then she opens up. She breaks that alabaster box. She don't take the lid off and pour it out. She breaks it. She gives everything she has. And Simon looked at him, and he was critical. And the disciples were critical. And he said, Simon, looking at her, he said, Simon, listen to me. When I came in here, you never offered me water for my feet. You didn't give me a hug. You didn't give me any kind of thanks for being here. But this woman, this woman has come, and she has given all that she has And she's worshipped me. So he turns to that woman and he says these words that she'll never forget. Thy sins are forgiven. He said, your faith has saved you. So on that day, the woman out of whom he cast seven devils, the woman who was a prostitute from Magdala, the woman who was the poster child, Mary Magdalene, and a woman, he said... There is faith in your life and your sins are forgiven. Here's the gospel, folks. Here it is. Easter is not only about life beyond the grave. It's about the new life of grace and acceptance that's available right here and right now for everybody. Mary went and told Peter and John who came to the grave to validate her claim that the grave was empty. Peter and John came and left, she remained. Then something precious happened, is my second point. The first word spoken from the risen Christ was to a person named Mary Magdalene. He spoke to her first. Woman, he said, why are you weeping? Whom do you seek? And in the darkness, she couldn't recognize it. it was too early. She wasn't recognizing the risen Christ. In fact, when I drove up this morning at 545, the church, somebody hollered at me on the parking lot, and I said, you're going to you have to be clearer than that because I can't see. It's dark. <laughs> she thought he was the gardener. But then all of a sudden, he said, watch this now. He said, Mary. You got to get this. He said, Mary. He didn't say, Mary Magdalene, how you doing since I've delivered you? He said, Mary. He took the name that represented her past away. And he called her by a name that his mother was named, Mary. He said, today, you're no longer considered a Magdalene in the kingdom. Today, today, resurrection grace, I'm going to call you Mary. And And it impressed her so much. It's just a one small word. She turns around. And she falls at his feet to hug him. He said, you can't touch me. I hadn't ascended yet. I've got to go. I'm I'm in between the altar and I'm in between the place of the mercy seat and I I can't be touched right now but I want you to know something. Your faith has brought you here and the glory of God is on you and I'm going to call you something. I'm not going to call you anything that the world calls you. I'm going to call you by your name. You're a name to me. The Bible said that he would call us by his name and I'm here to declare it to you right now. If you want your past erased, you've got to get a hold of resurrection and grace today because Jesus Christ wants to call you a name that means grace and mercy and power and favor in your life. Here's what he said to her. He said, all hail. Everybody say all hail. Some of you think that's cussing. Go ahead and cuss. It don't matter. It's a different kind of hail. All hail. Aloha is a, a greeting and a goodbye in Hawaii, but All hell was a greeting in in Israel. It meant good night. Everybody say good night. night. And good morning. morning. What it meant was good night to your past. And good morning to your new day. Somebody walked up to me after, after first church today and said, Pastor, you preach more grace in a month than some people do in their whole lifetime. What else can I preach? What else can I preach? Who am I to condemn somebody when I was a sinner just like you are? I'm a sinner saved by grace today. That's all. And everybody here is in the same bucket. You hear me? We're all sinners saved by grace. There's nobody up here judging anybody. There's nobody down here groveling at anybody. We all need the Savior in our life today. Would you clap your hands and say, preach to me, Pastor. I want to hear that kind of word today. Preach to me. The third thing I want to tell you is the words of the angel to the women. See, before, before, before the Lord talked to a woman, he talked to angels. They were guarding the tomb because he wasn't there. And they said, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. And here's what he told the angels to tell the women in Mark 16. Tell the disciples and Peter to come see me in Galilee. Now, the first, the first issue that I brought to you was a woman who was a rank sinner. that he saved. The second one I want to talk to you about today is a man who was close to him, as some of you are to this pastor. You know what I eat, you know what my hours are, you know when I come and go, you understand the pastor. Peter was right next to the master. He was one of the three, Peter, James, and John. He got to see miracles the other disciples didn't see. But on the night before Jesus was crucified, he denied the Lord three times when he said he wouldn't. And the Lord said, Simon, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he did that. And not only did he deny, he cursed. But here's what I want to tell you. All four riders, you got to get this now. All four writers Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, told about his denial at the fire. But only one writer, hear me now, only one writer talked about the day that he was in the boat with some other disciples. And the Lord came walking on the water. And the Lord said, he said, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. And the Lord said, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. Anybody ever heard that story? And he walked on the water. Only one gospel wrote that. It was the book of Matthew. Here's what I want to tell you. Most people have a way of addressing the negative and overlooking the positive in people's lives. I want to declare something to you right now. If I could write all four gospels, I would write about you in this church saying the night you were baptized. I would tell everybody that you received the Spirit of God in your life. I would tell all of your victories. It ain't time to talk negative to the church. It's time to tell everybody that Jesus loves you and that we're on our way to heaven and that the journey's getting sweeter every day. Are you hearing me today? Hallelujah. I'm so sick and tired of pastors and preachers. I'm God, I just want to go off on them right now. Make you feel like you can't make it to heaven. They want to keep you beat down so they can control you. I'm not your controller. Jesus Christ is your controller. I am here to tell you somebody loves you a whole lot more than I could ever imagine how much he loves you. But I know he does. Yet when Mark was writing his gospel years later, he wrote that Peter was included the morning of resurrection. He's the only one that mentioned it. Why Mark? Because Mark knew what it was to be excluded for 16 years. He knew what it was to have a mother that had such a praying spirit that they had a prayer meeting at her house one night in Acts 12 to pray Peter out of prison. And she had a brother named Barnabas who was called the son of consolation. And her brother was the man that told Saul, I'm going to stick by you after God converted him to Paul, and I'm going to make the people accept you because I know you're a great man and you've got great things in your life. But when they were on a missionary journey together and John Mark was with them, Paul said he's not profitable, he's not fit for the ministry, send him home. And they sent him home. And Mark understood, he understood that he had to wait 16 years, are you listening to me? Sixteen years for somebody to say it's all right to come back now. But when Jesus came out of the grave, he didn't say 16 years. But he said, tell the disciples and Peter to come and meet me in Galilee. The morning he got out of the grave, he said, Pete... It's all behind us. Let's go forward. There's not a past any longer. There's a future. That's what resurrection grace does to everybody. And listen to me. He didn't call him Simon. He called him Peter. Simon means a reed. Anything that can be washed up or blown with the wind. But Peter is a rock. It's Cephas, the stone. It's a rock. And he said, Pete, I'm going to call you by your rock name. Your rock name, you're a rock star still in my world. Let me tell you something. You know what Pete did that night before, he, before the Lord died? He cursed. He walked into that fireplace and he cursed and he started. I got, I got two uncles in my world. You got to hear this. I got two uncles. One is the biggest liar that you'll ever know in your life. The biggest. If I could tell you some of his stories, you would say, Pastor, you're lying to us. No, he's a liar. He's a liar. There is no truth in him. He's John eight forty four. The devil is a liar. <laughs> I mean, he's a liar. He, he just is. Eight. He cannot tell. He'd rather tell a lie in the rain than tell the truth in the sunshine. Are you with me? Yeah. And I got another uncle that when he hears his stories, curses a blue streak. And I think I'd rather hear my other uncle curse than to hear his lies. They used to get together and almost get in a fight because one would be lying, the other would be cussing. So, <laughs> So you got to understand, this was in one man. He was lying and he was cussing. Pete was by two uncles wrapped up in one. You're one of them. No, I'm not. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. Blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. Yeah, I saw you. Your, your language betrays you. No, I'm not. blah 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 yeah, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not. Blah, 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 blah. He was lying and cussing. <laughs> oh God, I couldn't stand that in one man. But Jesus comes out of the grave. And says, angel, they may not understand this from anybody else, but tell the women to tell the disciples and include Peter that I'm going to Galilee and I want him to meet me there. That's what a God that brings resurrection grace is all about. That's what this church is all about. And on this Easter Sunday, I'm giving you a format. Of what this place is. You want some place to give you hope. You're sitting in it right now. You want some place to give you a dream. You're sitting in it right now. You want a place to lift your spirit. You're sitting in it. I promise you. You'll leave here feeling better about God. Yourself and your future. Than you ever did when you came in. Because this is a place where the grace of God. Is ministered in this house. Clap your hands you that know that rejoice in that. That's the truth. Oh my God. I got to hurry. You know, he said, Tell the disciples to meet me at Galilee. This is another little revelation I got. I got to share it with you. So, we got a woman, it's got a horrible past. We got a, a disciple that flopped, and he restored both of them on resurrection morning. Now, he says, Tell them to meet me at Galilee. See, Palestine was divided into three regions you had Galilee, Judea, and Samaria. And Judea and Samaria were mentioned much in Scripture. In Acts 1 and 8, the witness was to extend to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, but not Galilee. Not Galilee. Yet in the first three Gospels, Jesus' ministry was situated in Galilee. Of the 32 parables that he preached, 19 were spoken in Galilee. Of the 33 miracles, 25 were performed in Galilee. Why? Why? Why there for a meeting place? The original meaning of Galilee is a place where the heathen dwells. I love that. A place where people that don't have religiosity in them, they're just people that are hungry for something special from God. He said, in fact, the new slang word is the boondocks. Anybody ever lived in the boondocks? I have. I, my favorite song used to be, Down in the Boondocks. Down in the boondocks People put me down Because that's the side of town I was born in (laughs) Ricardo who? (laughs) I love her She loves me But I don't fit her society Lord have mercy on a boy From down in the boondocks (laughs) You know what? We got people in this church. We got people in this church that are doctors and we've got some fabulous doctors in this church and they prescribe medicine and they give hope and help to people. Then we got people in this church that used to be doctors in alleys and they also sold drugs. <laughs> That's boondock people. <laughs> and then we got justices and judges and we've got people that work in the law system here. We got several lawyers in the church and and and. And they help people get out, and then they help people get put in prison. (laughs) And then we got the people that heard the sentence in this house here today. We got women that's wearing beautiful bracelets. They dressed up, y'all dressed so nice and pretty earrings and necklaces, and oh, you look so good. You get so much help to look good, and us men don't get that much help. (laughs) And then we got people in this year used to have bracelets here and bracelets here some of them still have a bracelet to, to let people know where they are cause they just... aren't you glad we're not all just high society people aren't you glad we got some folks from down in the boondocks aren't you glad we got some people in Galilee that are still hungry for the grace of God and the power of God And the salvation of God, and the healing of God, and the deliverance of His name. That's what you got in this pulpit, folks. You got a boondock preacher. I'm from the boondocks. Sharecropper son. Didn't have enough money. We're so broke we couldn't even pay attention. We had nothing. We had to pray for beans and cornbread in our life. We had nothing. But here I am today, preaching a gospel and telling you that if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled, because that's the message of resurrected grace. Oh, so, let me, let me finish. Wish I had time to preach this. I would preach for 30 minutes on this next sub- subject right here. Everybody say, today, today. is the third, day. It's the third day. I want you to never forget that, today's the third day. Today's the third day. First day, he died. Second day, he went to hell priest of spirits in prison, 1 Peter three nineteen. Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. I said, second serve, devil don't even own the keys to his own house. He's got a landlord. <laughs> Heavy on that Lord. And one day he's going to come and he's going to take care of that boy down there in that pit. He's going to take care of him. But it's the third day. Some disciples one day was walking on the road to Emmaus and they were troubled, but it was the third day. And they were talking about what could have been if this man named Jesus had just done what he's supposed to do. And while they're walking along, very sad, the Lord just kind of slips up beside them and said, what are you talking about? They said, well, we're talking about, are you a stranger here? You a stranger? We're talking about what happened. There's this man named Jesus that was a great prophet and a great teacher. He came and we thought he was going to be the healer of all of Israel. We thought he was going to bless everybody. But now the chief scribes and the chief priests and all that, they 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 condemned him and they they put him on a cross and he died and they buried him. And he's supposed to he's supposed to rise up. This is the third day, they said. This is the third day. He's supposed to get up. And the Lord, the Lord said, Are you so are you so blind that you don't understand what the prophet said? This thing's gonna be all right. It's what he told him in essence. And so when he got to their house, he said, I think I'll go on. They said, no, stay with us. We'd like to have you here because you've kind of brought a little sunshine to our life. The reason that they needed sunshine is because they're still living in the past, but this is the third day. It's a present. So he goes into the house with them, and they get some bread, and they break it and make some bread. And, and while he blessed and broke the bread, they recognized who he was. And as soon as they recognized, he vanished. And they went running back to the city and told all that they could tell. The Lord is risen, not past tense. He is risen. The Lord is risen, and he's alive. He's alive. Here's what I want to tell you: three things. Number one, you gotta understand this. You gotta quit living. In the past. Right now, you know when I play golf, you know what I do when I have several bad holes? I draw a line on my scorecard and I say, this is the new beginning of my life right now. So help me God, this happened to me one time. One time, not many, one time. (laughs) I was five over after five holes. I finished even par. I drew a line because I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm tired of the bogeys. Some of you need to bit tired of the boogeyman. You need to draw a line and say, this is resurrection day. My past is my past. I'm no longer Magdalene. I'm just Mary. I'm no longer a man that stutters and falls and cusses and lies. I'm a man that God says, I'm going to come meet you in Galilee. And I'm a Galilean. I'm one of those boondock people, Pastor. And I, I feel unworthy. I feel unworthy. And in Acts chapter 13, verse 46, Paul and Barnabas was trying to preach some people, and the Bible said they felt they couldn't receive the word because they they judged themselves unworthy. Quit judging yourselves. Jesus Christ loves every one of you. He loves every one of you. He died for everybody in this house today. He didn't die just for the doctors and the lawyers. He didn't die just for the the, the people that's got a lot of money. He died for everybody. This is one place where everything gets even we all stand at the foot of Calvary saying save me Lord that's what it's all about you gotta quit living in your past things are not as they seem it may look like it's over but it's not over but here's the third one I want to say don't quit whatever you do don't quit on the third day if you're going to backslide and walk away in the church don't do it today Wait, to Lamar That's supposed to be funny, but didn't go across with really good. <laughs> Mark Twain said this, and I close. He said, The more I know about people, the better I like my dog. <laughs> what he was saying was, a dog never is unhappy to see its master. A dog is always there. A cat, don't mess with me on them cats you got cats we'll go out to eat okay I'm not coming to your house <laughs> but if you got dogs and he wags his tail when he sees me he doesn't go I'll, I'll be there the more I know about people the better I like my dog I read a story not long ago about a purebred dog and a mongrel a mongrel dog that was a tough dog but the purebred was bred to fight And they met in an alley. And the purebred was trained to fight. He knew jujitsu and taekwondo. (laughs) And he put the mongrel down pretty quick. But the man watching the fight said, I just didn't, didn't have any sympathy for the mongrel because he was not even anybody's dog. He didn't belong to anybody, he said. But when the fight was over, I said, I'll never dislike a mongrel again because that big dog, that, that purebred dog had him down and had his, had his mouth on his neck, fixing to take him out. And he said, when I saw him, he said he kind of spoke to me and here's what he said to me. Dog language, here's what he said. <laughs> he said, many people thought I was gonna die today, but this is not my day to die. I'm not gonna die today, I'm gonna live. And all of a sudden, he said, somewhere from a place called Heart. That old mongrel dog flipped that dog because he knew a little jujitsu himself. (laughs) He'd studied under Gracie from Brazil. And he flipped that big old purebred dog and gashed him. And when that purebred got gashed and started bleeding, he ran away, he ran away. And the mongrel kind of shook his head and said, I may die another day but not today, not today, not today. Hey, if your faith has ever been lifted, it must be lifted on a day because some of us fit the Mary Magdalene's of life and some of us fit the, the Simon Peter's of life and some of us fit the Galilee place of life. Some of us do, most of us do. I close. I was, in, I was in Peace in Louisiana. Anybody know where Peace in Louisiana is here? No hands. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a little old, uh, it's a little community. It's not even a town. Donovan Weldon goes to this church, and he's been such a faithful member for 18 or so years, and his wife, they drive from Smithville, every service, Smithville, Texas, where Hope floats. And he comes to church, and when his dad died, I knew he's from a small community, so I said, Donovan, I'm going to be there. So last Tuesday, this last week, I went, got a chartered plane. Doug, my pilot, flew me. Thank God for steady Doug. He flew me. We landed in Leesville. Got a truck from one of my pastor friends. I said I'd fill it up and didn't realize it was a 40-gallon tank. It was (laughs) three-quarters empty. My God. (laughs) Kept my word. I drove up 171, Highway 171 in North Louisiana and got to a little town called Florine, turned right, went east to Peason. nine miles back in the woods. If it's dark, you're going that way, you pray you don't have a flat. It's, uh, it's really, really in the woods. And when I got to the church that day, I just want to tell you this, folks. When I got to church that day, there was about 30 people there. I asked Donovan, I could tell this story, and he said yes. And so there's about 30 people there. And so I sat down in the fifth row behind the reserve section for the family, and I looked up. I, me and God had a conversation on that fifth pew. I was the only one on that pew. I said, God, truthfully, do you know where I am right now? Do you know? Do you, know, do you know where this place is? Do you know where it is? I never felt so lonely in my life. I just felt lonely. This beautiful church that I get to preach to every Sunday and then to go into that little church and it seemed like it was just, it was just. I said, God, do you know there's a, there's a cemetery down the road here this man's gonna be buried in? Do you know, do you know where that's gonna be on rapture day? You know, that, you know where that cemetery is? I talked to him like that. He said, I know where you are, son. I know where you are. I said, thanks. I didn't believe it, but I said, thanks. We went through the funeral. It got sadder and sadder. It got darker and darker. Then at the end of the funeral, something happened that made that place my Bethel. It'll always be a special place in my heart now. A man named Guy Penrod used to sing with the Gaither vocal band. Started singing a song. It's a song I'd never heard before, but I've played it to everybody in the office two or three times. and I look and see if they cry. Because all of a sudden, he starts singing, knowing what I know about heaven sure makes me want to go home. Now listen, folks, please. I'm, I'm a man's man. I was a pretty good basketball player. Decent. Not as good as them boys last night. That's pretty good. I could hit a ball. I could run with a football. I'm a man's man. But I wept in that church like a man that was on a 40-year crying drunk. Like I'd been taking drugs and I was almost overdosed when I walked in that church. Like I had just divorced my seventh wife and she was the best I'd had in the whole litter. (laughs) And like I had just shot four people and killed them dead. I felt I felt, my God, and I started crying, and I was so embarrassed. If you'd been sitting beside me, you'd have went to the drink fountain. You'd have went to the bathroom. You'd have got away from me. (laughs) I was heaving. I was heaving. The presence of God was on me so bad I was heaving. And he nudged me, and he said, I found you, didn't I? He oh, <laughs> felt me. And when I left peace in Louisiana, I turned around in the pickup truck. And I said, something happened there today that I'll never get away from. God showed me no matter where I am, no matter how deep in the woods I am, he knows how to find me. And I'm telling you today, metaphorically, he knows where you are today. And he's found you. That's what grace is. He found Mary. He found Pete. He'll find you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes just a moment. Nobody looking. And that concludes today's podcast. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening. This is Randy Davenport, lead worship pastor here at Christian Life Austin, inviting you to check out our new single, Resurrected One, available now on iTunes and at cdbaby.com.